0: musicpreneur.com great moments are born of great opportunity a society either rises or falls to the level of its art if you're good at something never do it for free you love music you've devoted your life to music why sell yourself short by sharing your life's passion working for quote the man you musicians you're too too musical <laughs> Netflix is not your friend people Get off the couch, take a shower, comb your hair, and get out there.
1: You're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for what the money says. And it says what it says to any player that makes big money, that they're worth it.
0: We could have allowed it to steal our joy, but instead it steeled our inner fortitude. spent
1: time with your family? Because a man that doesn't spend time with his family can would be a real man.
0: The world will point out every reason why I should just quit, but I won't quit for one reason. Because I say so. To assist in your journey of
1: making money, making music, the musicpreneur.com podcast
0: starts now. Here's your host, James Newcomb. Sana, how the heck are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm well, as well as I can be now that the love of my life is 10,000 miles away.
1: (laughs) I actually I sleep much better. Look at my skin. <laughs> it's shining.
0: Okay, yeah. That's nice. How, how is it that you're sleeping better?
1: Um, well, I'm enjoying my freedom. Your freedom. I take care <laughs> of myself. <laughs> I treat myself Korean barbecue every other night.
0: Well, you treated yourself when I was there every other night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it feels different when you're... Um, have all the freedom in the world
0: so you you prefer being married when your husband is away
1: no that's not right I actually miss you
0: Oh, well I miss you too honey okay the rest of this podcast we're just gonna cry and <laughs> gaze lovingly into each other's eyes <laughs> for people for people listening in I lived in Vietnam for seven months from um, uh, January 1st through July 31st. So that's a total of seven months. And the plan is for SANA to uh, get a visa to the United States. And so as we planned, stayed in Vietnam a little longer than I, I originally planned. But the coronavirus, which is the subject of our podcast today... Changed plans and all, rather than returning in March, which I originally planned to do. Ended up staying about four months longer. So that was four months of Sana tolerating her new husband.
1: (sighs) Four months, honey? It was like 400 years.
0: Ah. Wow. Can you feel the love tonight? It's just, wow. (laughs) Can't, can't Can't even wrap my head around... All the love. Well, I remember clearly the coronavirus becoming an issue, and it was probably more it uh, went w- in Asia. It was more of a issue before it became an issue in the United States. It seemed like the United States, from where I was sitting in Asia, it seemed like it was a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, how do we react to this thing? What is this thing? Is it just? Is it like SARS ten years ago? Where or- well, it it turned into something quite unlike anything in this history of the human race has ever seen. And I don't want to really talk about um, the reaction to the virus. That's not what I want to bring up, because that's going to bring up a lot of uh, controversy. That's not my intent here. But there are a few things, Sana, that I've noticed... uh, um, a few things, sh- I should say, that have been a part of the reaction or the response to the coronavirus that I think are going to lead to lasting changes that are good changes. They are positive changes. And while this pandemic can't last forever and this, this uh, lifestyle of lockdowns and wearing masks inside every public place that's not that that can't possibly last forever we're not wired to live like that we have, we are social creatures and taking away the social elements of our lives are it, it does in my opinion it it does more harm than good even more harm than any harm that could befall us from the coronavirus so while this isn't going to last forever there are a few things that i've noticed that i think are going to lead to lasting changes so Sana, give me your thoughts. What, what, what do you think about this reaction or the response to the coronavirus?
1: Personally, I think this situation was actually necessary to human life. Maybe we all needed this shock to happen in our lives um, to kind of understand how much valuable is our interaction with any other human beings. Because For any human being to survive, they depend on the survival of other human beings. It's um, necessary for human survival to be in a social community, to interact, sometimes not only laugh and joke and spend time during fun and joy, but also fights. These are all necessary, both of them. Personally, at my workplace, I noticed that people are becoming more close. People are um, uh, actually uh, working together as a team, uh, as one unit, not only under one department, but also all the other departments that previously would come to you and say, well, it's not my problem. It's your duty. It's your responsibility. I have my own bag of Um, hardship, troubles and tasks I have to, you know, deal with. But now everybody from every other department uh, immediately reach out, you know, to help and try to sort out some of the hectic timetable schedules that uh, we have. And not only that, I feel like people become more kinder, and they become more understanding. So um they they are more compassionate they want to listen carefully they don't just judge you they don't just um, give an opinion whether they have a uh, uh, any knowledge about a, knowledge about the topic or not but um they just want to listen and try to find a solution to help mm-hmm. so i think people become more uh, compassionate and they have empathy over other people's pain and what they're going or Scenarios in their life they are going through.
0: So maybe people kind of took each other for granted, and this situation has made them appreciate people, just the people around them.
1: Right. I think um, it just uh, <coughs> approved to a saying that uh, you never know how much what you have value or worth until it's gone. So mm-hmm. I think people at one point realized wow, uh, people actually in my own family are. Getting sick and they, we are losing them, yeah. And we never thought that this would be our last dinner, this would be our last Christmas, last birthday or gathering. So it's very real.
0: You know, when I when we were um, when the first when the coronavirus first became kind of a hot issue, I remember that Vietnamese they're not really like I'm an American. They don't really I won't say that they're not welcoming, but they more more or less tolerate. Americans. I mean, they did, after all, fight the American War not too long ago. <laughs> right around, I think mm-hmm. it ended right around the time I was born. So that's still pretty fresh in people's memories. And it's funny to say it, refer to it as the American War, because here in, in America, it's referred to as the Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, but so they tolerate Americans <coughs> or foreigners in general. But I just noticed that people were just a little friendlier. You know, they, they went out of their way to smile a little more, whereas before it was just kind of eh, just walk along the uh, the trail around the lake and you just, eyes forward, don't really acknowledge. People were a little more friendly. So I think you're right that uh, there was a more of a renewed consciousness of other people, uh, maybe a renewed appreciation of other people that mm-hmm. I think wasn't there before. The coronavirus became an issue,
1: right? I I think there are two groups of people here. There are those um, elderly who are grandparents who actually been during that war. They served the country during that war, and um, I have students who come to me and tell me even up to today when they sit around the dinner table, their grandparents tell them how uh, you know difficult was the time during the war. And uh, how much they don't trust foreigners, not just only Americans, just um, foreigners. Because they feel like their country is just one big home and any other person coming in are just a guest.
0: Is this like Asians in general or Vietnamese?
1: I, I can't say it's Asian in general, but this is my observation here and also talks with my students. yeah, And also... Um, they, they also believe like uh, foreigners come here, they probably have another agenda, <laughs> you know, because mm. Vietnam is a rich country, abundant resources, cheap. So yes. um, uh, they believe they have their own skillful labors, educated labors. They don't need outsourcing. So all these foreigners coming here and uh, getting their lunch, <laughs> Yeah, basically. So they are not really happy because they think they are working so hard, maybe more than foreigners, but uh, all the financial benefit goes to the foreigner pocket. Uh, But at the same time, there are a group of uh, people who, um, let's say, they are younger generation, and they have traveled a lot. They are very open-minded. They are mixing, mingling with European, with American. They imitate them when they speak. They copy <laughs> their slangs. Sometimes they don't know where to use it, but they just say it because they heard it on a TV or from some dude on a road. So I remember I would say, go
0: to the mall, and, and like these little girls would come up. I, they're 17, 18 years old or whatever, really young, and they would just say, can I take my picture with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because I'm I just I'm just different, you know? I'm mm-hmm. I have more weight on me than a little stick like most vietnamese guys and i I just look different They just wanted to take a picture with me
1: the other day me and my friends went to have dinner downstairs in my building and uh, there is this vietnamese lady holding a grandchild comes right on top of a table and stares at me so i Mm. told my uh friend that i really feel uncomfortable can you please tell the lady to you know and she told me it's very normal uh you are alien you are stranger you're foreigner so they they just want to see how you talk they keep listening to you and this lady was just standing by my side you know (laughs) so my friend told her in vietnamese uh did we do anything wrong or is there anything you want to ask us? Do you know us? Do you know her? And she was like, "Oh no, no, no!" And then she <sighs> left.
0: <laughs> There's definitely some cultural norms that you have to adjust to when you live mm-hmm. in, a, in a different culture,
1: right? That's true. You
0: know, um, another thing that I noticed, and this is more specific to musicians, is that uh, when the the virus hit, and the government's response to it was to b- basically shut down all of society. I just my heart just went out to musicians and thank goodness that I I had a different gig. Like my bread and butter or the way that I put food on the table is not performing live music as it once was. But I just my heart just went out to all those musicians that all of a sudden they're just told by the government, you are not essential. And you know, I, I, I think I can understand the rationale behind the government uh, saying that such and such industry or if your job is non-essential, I, I, it makes sense that they are referring to like we are in a emergency and what you what you do is not essential to the propagation of the human race. I, I think I can understand that rationale, but at the same time, I I, I just felt for these live musicians. I spoke to um, a gal by the name of Mary. Bowden, who is a—she um, she formed a brass quintet seven years ago, and all of a sudden, she had this tour to China that just went away. All of the touring income went away, and thank goodness she has a, a, a another gig or a day job at a local university, and she's still able to make ends meet. But in spite of this, I noticed that there were a number of musicians, they they had their live performances just taken away right from under their hand, but they use the power of the internet. And a couple of people come immediately to mind. One is Floris Onstevetter, who's a fantastic trumpeter, and he has, he plays in the finest concert halls all over the world, uh, particularly in Europe. But he he's one of those people that he makes his living performing live music. And... I think it was May of of 2020, and he just said, virus or not, I'm going to share live music. And he wasn't able to do it with people in the audience, but he hosted a live stream concert via Facebook. And I just really admired Flores for doing that. I I thought that was really courageous of him to do that. Um, Just a couple of weeks ago, you and I listened to Joshua Messick, who's a world-class a uh, hammered dulcimer player. His music has been featured on uh, feature films, f- uh, f- uh, filmed or filmed produced by Studio Ghibli in Japan, and he's just world-class musician on the hammered dulcimer. But he's doing this concert in North Carolina, and you and I are watching it while we're eating our breakfast in Vietnam. And this isn't something that Joshua did before the virus, but this is something that... He did, and I think a lot of musicians are going to do, uh, once the dust settles from this virus, they're going to say, wow, there's a lot of potential with this internet thing, and it's certainly not going to replace live music and the synergy that a musician or a group of musicians gets with the audience with a live concert. It's not going to replace it, but you still have this way of reaching out to people and, and connecting with people. On a, on a global scale, I think it's going to be a good thing because people are just going to take advantage of this power that maybe they didn't feel a need to before.
1: I was uh, also uh, scrolling down through my Facebook and I saw this post um, on, um, on a group uh, about Iran and Iranians and I saw how musicians are taking advantage of this situation and not only having their concerts um online, but also they go on rooftops and um they perform on rooftops. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and people are coming on a roof and have their own setup, table, chairs and whatever, and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, uh listening to the music. Yeah. So yeah, they're a new wave of new fashion of uh performance.
0: Well, like you said, when we first started talking, it was like a shock to people. It was a shock to the system, and when you get shocked, you just you get creative. When your whole environment or your lifestyle is shocked like that,
1: right? Tell me about it. I mean, uh, because of my background, I guess we're always facing shocks, (laughs) political shocks. And yeah. our day, uh, daily life is always affected. The normal people, the average people, of course the poor, also the ones are most vulnerable and uh, get hurt. And their mm-hmm. lives are, you know, uh, being affected much. Uh, but in, on the other hand, uh, all those changes that happen that doesn't kill us makes us more stronger and become more creative, as you said. And plus we become much more self-sufficient exactly uh, and then you are self-sufficient you don't need the help of outsiders you don't need uh any external you know tools yeah. hands mind right. brain to help you in creating um, um things daily life that you need your consumer products basically um in iran I think about 90 plus percent, 94, 95 percent of consumer products are produced internally. So Mm -hmm. when you are producing all the products internally, you also creating job. So employment still there is not as bad. So, yeah, I think sometimes shock therapy really works.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you brought up self-sufficiency because that's the next point that I want to talk about is when you're told by the government you are not essential and the thing that you were doing yesterday to provide for your family it, we you can't do that because what you do is not not essential i think that when you are when you're put in that situation it, like americans they a lot of them had the option of filing for unemployment and just kind of Living off the dole for a specific specific period of time, five, six months, or whatever it is. And um, but if you go to Vietnam, they don't have unemployment benefits there, or places in Africa. They were uh, families. I mean, it's sad. There were children that starved to death because their parents were not allowed to go to the market and sell what and just make their few dollars per day that they do to buy their little bag of beans and feed their family because they were put on lockdown. And so that's unfortunate and it's it's really sad that that was a consequence of the lockdown. I think a lot of people are going to say, well, maybe I was maybe I put a little too much stock in that one thing or maybe I Uh, maybe I should diversify my talents a little bit, or maybe I should learn a new skill. I I think it was was a big wake-up call for people, especially musicians. Uh, Musicians were just hit hard. Orchestras, they're not performing, and they're not going to perform for the foreseeable future. What do they do? You can't live on unemployment forever. Uh, I think a a good thing that's going to come out of this is that people are just going to realize that thing that I relied on, I can't count on it. And I'm going to start a a little side hustle that maybe will eventually become my main source of income or whatever. I think I just just see people not being reliant on an employer or the government. They're going to say, if it is to be, it's up to me. Uh, Have that type of mentality, which I think is a good thing.
1: Musicpreneur.com
0: Sana, the next thing that I want to talk about of good things that will come about in the, quote, new normal when the dust settles from this coronavirus is I think people are going to appreciate their environment just a little bit more than they did before the coronavirus. And I'm not really talking—when I say the environment, I'm not talking about the the large-scale planet Earth environment— that Al Gore wants us to worry about. I'm talking about your personal environment, your home, office, studio. There are things that you can directly control in your own personal environment that I think people are going to be more aware of, make better decisions, make more conscientious decisions with their own environment. Now, this is something that I learned in a podcast that I edited. Uh, One of my clients had a... uh, a guest, and he was an an, an expert on uh, viruses, and he's not employed by the CDC or anything, so I don't know that the U.S. government is going to sanction what he said, but he brought up a very interesting point, is that the coronavirus or the COVID-19 was strongest in places where glyphosate was sprayed on crops. Glyphosate is the chemical that's used in uh, products like Roundup, the pesticides and insecticides, that's all glyphosate. And so places like New York City, for example, which was especially hard hit by COVID-19, that's where you see a lot of Roundup being sprayed on the grass, the Central Park, the streets, whatever, to take out uh, or to eliminate weeds. And other places where glyphosate isn't used as much, well, Lo and behold, COVID-19 wasn't as much of an issue. So his point was that the coronavirus or the COVID-19 virus is a natural response to the human genome to respond to this foreign toxin that has been introduced to the environment for the last 30 or 40 years. And it's completely natural that the coronavirus would come about because the, the human body needs it to respond to this toxin. And I'm not, I'm not going to uh, pretend that I'm an expert on this, and I'm not, I, I can't, I can't um, speak with authority on this. I'm just giving my recollection of what he talked about in the podcast, and I'll link to it at uh, musicpreneur.com slash, let's say it's musicpreneur.com slash virus discussion, virus discussion. Musicpreneur.com slash virus discussion. I'll create the pretty link as soon as we get off the call here. And you can find that. It's uh, the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast with Zach Bush. I'll link to it. Musicpreneur.com slash virus discussion. So, what I'm saying is that although we're going through a hard time right now and things are starting to open up, thankfully. A good thing that is going to come out of this new normal is people are just going to be more aware of their environment and they're going to take uh, specific action steps to create a cleaner, healthier personal environment. Sana, is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off?
1: No, honey, I'm very happy that you talked about this virus and how people are becoming so self conscious and aware about their uh, loved ones, their environment. And definitely, I can see that in our home, too.
0: All right. Well, this is James Newcomb signing off with my lovely wife, Sana Dory. I have a a full blog post. We didn't cover everything that I had on the post in this podcast. But if you want to read more about my thoughts on the good things that are going to come out of the new normal, as well as that podcast that I already mentioned from Ben Greenfield, uh, go to musicpreneur.com slash virus discussion. So thanks for listening. For more podcasts and resources on making money making music and to download the free musicpreneur.com mobile app, head on over to musicpreneur.com today. Thanks for listening.